All right, we're on. Amen. Hey, um, so I always like to start my messages off with story. Um, if you don't know, I was gone for a long time, probably. I was gone seven weeks from church, from my job at church. My job was to connect to the Lord. My job was to connect to my wife. My job was to connect to my kids. And my job was to have some fun. And so I think I did all those things. And uh, my job was also to read up on some ministry stuff so I could do my ministry position better. So I think I accomplished all those things, but uh, I want to start off with a story. So this is how I believe we're supposed to live our life. Uh, When we were in Tennessee, that's where we went. We went to Fairhaven Retreat Center in Tennessee. By the way, it's great to see all of you. I am so, this is our church. We love being here and I am so glad to be here. So it's great to see you. So anyways, back to my story. So uh, we were in Tennessee, and we had this, uh, this cottage, and Kim's probably told you about his times at the cottages. And so there's this road that winds up into the mountain, and so my kids love it because they can just take their seatbelt off and be free, you know. And so I got to say this because I said this in the first service. I said, I like to rev up my van so that they would fly back. I didn't mean it that way, but that's how it came out. So people are like, oh, you're a horrible parent. I don't know why you're even up there speaking. And so I have to work on my communication skills. So, um, so I revved it up a little bit, but it was from like five miles per hour to like seven. So it wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't like, they're probably like, we revved up like 30 from five. And you're but anyway, so my kids enjoyed that. So they would fly back around the vehicle and they loved it. I don't know. You know, my kids are cool. So um, they are, you just, some of you know that. And uh, so, but my youngest son, the best part is he rolled down the window and he'd hang his head out like a dog. And just like, be like, ah. And the wind's blowing, big smile on his face. It's like, hey, this is great out here. And, and so I think we're supposed to live our lives that way. We're supposed to live our lives with our head hanging out the windows of our own life, going, God's out here, man. I, this is where I am. And a lot of times when I'm in there, in the, wind, in the, in the car, in the vehicle, I'm just like, it's too hot in here. It's miserable. It, whatever, even if you have air, and then you have air conditioning on, and you're like, I'm cold. Just hang your head out the window, man, and enjoy the life that God's given to you. And so, these are some of the things I learned on sabbatical that I feel like are going to be really helpful to you, and they were helpful to me, and so I'm just going to share those this morning, and so I'm going to get right in. So here's what's going to happen this morning. It's going to be like a roller coaster, just so you know, and so you're kind of like, you, you've been in the gate and you're waiting, and you're anticipating this ride, and you've been, you're in. You're in the area where you're going to ride, and so now you're, you're there. So you can't get out, okay? you got to listen. So you got to strap on your seatbelt and listen to all these things. It's going to come fast, and there's, there's room for you to write in the bulletin if you need that. And so just take whatever you can from God this morning, because there's going to be a lot. So I'm just telling you. Okay, so number one. Ready? All right, we're ready. Eat the freshly baked bread every day that God specifically bakes for each of us. Before we even woke up this morning, God was in his oven baking what you needed today. He was baking exactly what you needed. He knows what you're going to go through today. He knows all the problems. He knows the person that you're going to meet at Menards later when you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to do with your house. And they're not going to know what they're talking about and you're going to be frustrated. So he knows already what you're going to, anybody been there? At Home Depot or Menards. Amen. If you work there, bless you. I'm sure you do a great job, but that's my experience sometimes. 
So Exodus 16.4 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. And so we are, we're just called to be gatherers. We're not supposed to like produce the bread. We're not even supposed to really do a lot to get it. You just have to go gather it. And so what you need to do is just, just take the time. Just take the time to say, God, I want the bread that you have for me. I want what you have for me. I am expecting you. Is that, that's bold, right? Just to go into, I'm expecting you to give me what I need today. Because I know I ain't going to get it nowhere else. So I'm expecting you to give it to me. Because I, I can't get it anywhere else, God. So this movie that I watched, to kind of give you an illustration of this, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Anybody seen that movie before? There's a guy, yeah, you're like, she's super excited. Yeah. And, and so um, th- this uh, guy, Flint, he, he builds this machine, and it produces food when you put water in it. So the machine somehow goes up in the sky, and all of a sudden starts changing all the weather patterns. And so all of a sudden, one day, spaghetti just starts dropping from the sky. And people are like, wow, I want to live there, you know? <laughs> and other days it's hamburgers, other days it's steaks, hot dogs, whatever. There's a huge variety Well, God drops exactly what you need down because he knows all of us are different. Not a single one of us needs the same word today, just so you know. But God knows. So even if I preach something that you don't go, that's not for me, God's going to speak to you somehow because he wants to. He wants to give you that, that fresh bread today. And so all we have to do is like this. People are walking around town in the movie. They're just like their plates up like this. Hey, oh, there's a steak. All right, I'm taking, you know. Or there's a hot dog, or there's a burger, or whatever I need. So we just need to open up our arms and say, God, give me what I need. Give me exactly what I need to eat today. But some of us do this, and this, I do this. This is a misbelief in my life that if I go to a retreat for the weekend, or I, or I had time, really good time with the Lord last night, I don't need it today. Here's something that the Lord showed me in, in the same passage of Scripture in Exodus. It says that the people... It says, that, uh, Exodus 16, 9, says, Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. So they're supposed to gather just what they need that day, all right? Not to keep it for the next day or anything. So it says, however, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. And so, and it doesn't smell like your Glade plug-in, right? And they're going to smell like that. And we're not going to smell like the aroma of Christ. That's something that... If I'm going to smell like the aroma of Christ, i got to have the bread daily that I need from his word. I need to, it's not just, you got to read your Bible because you're a Christian. No, you need it. I need it. I need to smell like Christ. I need people to know Jesus in my life, and so I've got to eat the bread. Number two, I, I just needed to, you need to rest. You need to take uh, Sabbath time. And Sabbath uh, is, a, is just a day of rest. It's a day that, uh, and, I'll, and I'll show you some things that you can do on the Sabbath but it's a day that God has ordained, he's blessed, he has given to us so that we just stop activity and just remember who he is. We stop doing the stuff that we always have to do. You know how life just can be toilsome if you just go every single day and not stop. And just stop and stop. Or go play golf and look at the trees and go, wow, God, you made some awesome trees. And Just taking time, taking a Sabbath. For some of us, Sabbath is Sunday because we come to church and then we go out to eat with our friends and we leave a big tip, right? No, just kidding. And, 
And then we go and we have our quiet time with the Lord in the afternoon, and then we sing hymns in the evening or we worship or whatever. And so Sunday becomes a Sabbath. For me, Sunday's never Sabbath, so Friday is my day off, so that is my Sabbath day. And my wife and I are like, that's our Sabbath day. We keep that holy. We, uh, we, are, we, we minister to our kids that day. We take time to review our own lives. We take time to be with the Lord. And so here's some things that I learned um, about about rest from a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. So if you want to write that down, it's a book I recommend. Uh, I know Kim would recommend it too. And these are just four things that I learned about Sabbath rest to help you to do that. So number one is release. So you got to release. Like stuff gets just starts, you know, in here and your soul just starts coming up. It's like a big sneeze, Okay. You ever been around people that are just, you know, you just surround your friends and all of a sudden you're, and you're like, oh man, I'm sorry I got that on your blouse. And he's like, man, you're supposed to be a Christian. Why are you sneezing on me? And it just happens. It's part of our life. All of us have moments where we have just totally, I have blown it with unbelievers so many times. I'm just like, aren't you a pastor? Yes, I am. But, at this, but I'm under the grace of Jesus. You know, like, you just say that line, and they're like, I know, but you're a pastor, you know. But, uh, and so people don't want to be blown on, right? So we got to release stuff out of our lives so we don't blow on people, because it, it, you got stuff. We all have stuff. We all make mistakes. We all, our jobs are tough sometimes. Our bosses aren't always nice to us. Our, we're not always a nice boss, amen? And, and that's part of life. You know, we all have to get alone Stop everything and just say, I got to release this. And the best way to release stuff is just to, do, just to do this. I release to you, Lord, and then you just add whatever it is. So I release to you, Lord, my anxiety. I release to you my fear. I release to you my problem with this person. I release to you my thoughts about this person. I release whatever. I release to you so that you can work in this because it's, it's just dragging me down. It's causing me, it's causing me uh, stress and worry, and I'm not living life out the window. I'm living inside. And so, so number two part of this is review. There's this thing I learned. I was called the prayer of examine. So here's what it is, and some of you are going to be really skeptical about this right away, I'm sure. But I tried it, and it worked. And so here's what, here's what I did. It, you take, you take kind of sit quiet, take your hands and put them out on your lap, kind of like this, and then you just say, God, Holy Spirit, replay my day for me. Replay all the things that have gone on in my life today. And, it, and what it happens is it's almost like a DVD of your day that plays in your mind. And th- here's one of the reasons why this was good for me. There's two reasons I'll share with you. One was I always feel like I don't spend enough time with my oldest son. So when, and so Satan picks me on that. You know how he does? He, he likes to pick, man. I don't like him. He likes to pick me, man. He like, you don't spend enough time with your son. His love language tank is down here. I'm like, don't use the love language against me. And, and so when I was reviewing my day, I had, I had realized that I had spent time wrestling with Tyson that day, and it, I just started bawling, tears of joy. And I was worshiping God because I had spent that time, and God was showing me that I was spending time with him. The other part of it that, that reviewed for me, when I was on sabbatical, I just took one day, I took one day to do reviewing all the stuff that I feel like I have done wrong. The stuff, you know, that keeps coming up all the time, and you're just like, can I be done with that finally? Like, I feel like I've dealt with that. Do I have to keep dealing with that? 
And so, it just, and so I took a day and I wrote down what I could do, what God can do, and then I prayed about it and said, if I need to do something about this, then let me do something about it. If I don't, just let me release it and be done with it. And so I did that. So that was one of them. The other one was a review of all the things that God has done through my life that's been good. Okay? A lot of us like to write down the stuff that we've done bad. Amen? I mean, let's be honest. We've done the stuff that we go, this is not right. Or that's the stuff that comes up in our life. Take time to write down the stuff that God has done through your life. You will not, you will just, you will be bawling like halfway through and you're like, wow, God, you've done all this through me? And the reason why I had to do that was not for my ego. It was not for my own head to get puffed up. It was not for me to go, wow, I'm an awesome pastor. Look at me. Look at this, guys. Look at, you got to start doing this stuff. No, it was for me, it was, it was for the fact that there was a passage of Scripture that was really eating me and bugging me this year. Anybody have a passage of Scripture that's eat you or bug you? Or you go, I'm not living that way? Or maybe I am living that way, but for some reason I feel like I'm not? And the passage was, my disciples produce much fruit. I knew my life was producing fruit, but you know that word much? That leaves a lot of imagination, doesn't it? Like, when you read that at first, you're like, much fruit? Man, I am not producing much fruit. I am, I'm just producing fruit, Jesus. Maybe I'm not really your disciple. And so when I was, so I had to do that review of my life to realize that I really am his disciple. I am his child. I am working in the kingdom of God. He is doing good things through my life. So take time to review the things in your life. Take time to remember passage says this. It says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. He was talking to the Israelites. Moses, remember you were slaves in Egypt. And he was talking about this on the Sabbath day. So he's like, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Remember times when you were sitting in your room and you were so depressed and God showed up and he was like, Bam! And he was talking to you, and you just knew his presence was real. Remember times when you were sick, and he healed you. Remember times that he has used you to reach out to your friend. Remember the times that you have, you have been so full of joy because God was working in your life. Remember those times. Because in remembering, Remembering helps you to realize that the same God that did that joy yesterday is the same God that's going to do the same joy today. Because sometimes we don't have that. Sometimes we're struggling through life. Sometimes we're struggling through life in this world and we've got to remember who God is. We've got to remember the dark times also when God led us out of those things so that we also remember how it is to be a sinner. To remember, no, we're not that we're not still sinners, but a different level. And remembering that who we were before Jesus. Because when we talk to people sometimes, we, we got to remember who we were. I was, at a, I was at the pool yesterday. My kids are doing swim lessons. And my best friend growing up, his mom was there. She was there with her grandson. And so I just sat by her and we were talking. And she said, I remember you when you were younger. And she goes, your son looks like you too. She's like, that's like, so cute. He's going to have so many girlfriends. And so she goes, I remember you used to come to our house on Friday, Friday, like right after school, and you'd stay till Sunday night. Sometimes you'd stay till Monday morning. And then you would uh, go to school with Brad. And I said, you have no idea that what a sanctuary your house was for me. I was in such turmoil at that age. 
And so I was sharing with her all the things that were going on in my life. And then we were talking about remembering stuff that we used to do. And it was, it was such a good time. We remembered, I was listening, I left the Brewer game on. And so AM 550 was on on Saturday morning. And Saturday morning polka comes on. Not my favorite thing to listen to, just so you know. But it was on, and I remember it because my, my friend's dad used to listen to that every Saturday morning. It was Saturday morning polka at the Morozinski's, and so we'd just, you know, just get used to it. It's just how it is. And so remembering that, but remember the times of worship where God has just spoken to you and has taken you to a different place. Put them on your walls. Put them wherever you need to do. Remember what God is doing in your life. And the last part of the Sabbath is looking forward to the future. And we all need hope. We live in a world where hopelessness is all around us. It's just a constant uh, people that you talk to. Um, and so we need hope in this life. And so Job, from Job, one of God's great servants, says this. I says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And I'm, I'm picturing, when I'm reading this, I'm picturing Job going, I know my Redeemer lives. And he's just not saying, like, because we read the Bible like that. It's like, I know my Redeemer lives. And I'm like, Job is like, I know my Redeemer lives. And then in the end, he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. Wow, we're going to see God someday. I, will, I myself will see him with my own eyes. I am not another. How my heart yearns within me. I mean, he's like, how my heart yearns within me. I'm going to see God. And so Job is looking toward this place, this hope in this future place. We've we got to get our eyes off this world more so that we can see the place that we're actually going. Amen? Because it's going to be amazing and beautiful and glorious. And so, um, so that's number two in my sabbatical time. Number three is I need to take back my life. Somebody stole my wallet, took my driver's license, took my credit cards, took my time, took my life away from me. I don't know when it happened. I don't know when. I felt like my life was taken from me. Ministry, demands of ministry, demands of people, demands of my wife, demands of my kids, demands of everything. Just my life was not my own anymore. And so I'm like, I'm taking back my life. And so I wrote out a rule of life for my wife. It's an ancient way of living the life that you really want to live. So and my rule of life is morning scripture and, and lunch scripture and lunch focusing on God and then taking a time, it's called a daily office, just in the afternoon, remembering who God is, telling him that my life is his, that all that I do is for his glory, that this, I don't live on this earth for myself. My rule of life takes me into the evenings to review my life, to remember the things that God did in my life that day. My rule of life helps me to pray, but also to play. I don't have to always be doing and doing. I don't always have to be doing spiritual things. I can go out and play basketball or play sports. I, I can enjoy my life. My rule of life says that my family is important to me and my wife and my kids, and I love them with all my heart. And that, that, those are the things that matter to me, and so I do the things. I write down this rule of life so that I do the things that matter so I don't wake up someday and go, somebody took my life. No. There's a Switchfoot song that says, this is your life, are you who you want to be? And I was like, 
And I was on sabbatical. I'm like, I don't really, I'm not really who I want to be. So I took back my life. I said, this is, this is life is for you, God, and for your glory. Now when I talk about rule of life, everybody hears the word rule, and they go, ugh. I, I just know it, because I do it. I'm like, rules, ugh. But it's, it's a symbolism. The word actually means trellis. And if we have any gardeners in here, you know what I'm talking about. A trellis takes grapes off the ground and helps them to grow upward. So my life is to be off the ground, not living for myself, but it's to go upward. So I want, my rule of life needs to include Bible studies and times of prayer with my bros. It needs to include those things in my life. So a rule of life is huge. Number four, I need to lead my family. I need to lead my family well. No one else is going to raise my kids. Yes, there are people in their life. Yes, there are good ministries. Like our church is amazing children's ministry. Thank you for all of you who serve and give to children and teens and, and give your life for that because it, it's time and it's taxing. But no one is going to raise your kids. If, you're, if you have kids in here, if you have grandkids, no one's going to raise them the way that you do. And so something that the Lord just spoke to me, he's like, no one's going to raise them the way that you can. I gave them to you. They're a blessing. They're a reward from heaven. Psalm 127, 3-5 says, Sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. I got two arrows, man. I'm so pumped. <laughs> Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. And then Proverbs 17, 6a says, Children's children are a crown to the aged. Children's, you guys are experiencing that, some of you. But no one's going to raise your grandkids the way that you can. No one's going to train them up in the Lord the way that you can. There might be great youth pastors out there. There might be great leaders. There might be great children's leaders. No one is going to raise your kids up in the Lord the way that you can. God has called you. He's blessed you. He's anointed you with that responsibility. So nobody. And don't let people take that from you. Don't let youth pastors take that from you. Raise your, raise your children up in the Lord. Let them be a, a help, but don't let them take, your, take that from you. That's your blessing from God, to raise your kids up in the Lord. And so, um, so I thought about this, and I said, how am I sharpening my arrows? I got these arrows in my life. I got these kids that I love, my, my Tyson, my Karen, my, my Ty. How am I sharpening these arrows in my life? And so think about that. How are you reading scripture to them? How are you praying with them? Take time just at night, maybe just touch their head and say, you are a blessing to me, you are a blessing from heaven, you are a reward from heaven. I know we've had a tough day, but you are my child and I love you and so does God. Take time to bless your children. Be, sharpen, their, sharpen those arrows in your life. Part, part, part two of this, B, of leading my family is no one, nobody, not anybody is to love my wife like I am to love her. No one is going to come in and sweep my wife away. I'm going to tell you that, right? No one's coming into my house and taking my wife away. She is mine. I was committed to her. I committed to her at an altar before God, and I said, she is mine, 
and we are committed to each other till the day that we die, whether she's puking in a wheelchair or I lose my legs or whatever, we are committed for life. That is what we have committed to. No one is coming in and taking her away from me. And this verse is what spoke to me in Proverbs 5.18. It says, may your fountain be blessed. And this is the main part. May you rejoice in the wife of your youth. May you always rejoice in the woman that was of your youth, the woman that you love, the woman that is with you right now as a married man. May you rejoice over her. May you, may you lift her up. May you get to know her. I want to know my wife more. I spent so many years doing so many other things, and I'm like, I'm done with that. I want to know her. I want to know what fires her up. I want to know like what Phil Robertson, he's like, whatever fires your panties up. I want to know that. I want to know my wife inside and out. I want to know who she is. I want to keep blessing her. I want her to know that she is always mine and I will always be hers. And there is no one that's going to get in the way of that. The last thing I learned was we were living in new ways. And so therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation the old has gone, the new has come. So sometimes we would uh, be, in, be in our cottage and we'd start living in our old ways because that just happens. Does anybody relate? Like, like, and so we'd be, you know, and so I'm like, we need to pray. We, need to, we can't live the way we used to. We are in Jesus. We are a new creation. We're live a new way. I want to share. So um, if you have a hymnal around you, open it to 535. I know you're probably like, what's a hymnal? Some of you are like, some of you are like, we're opening the hymnal? And it's our youth pastor. <laughs> but I was uh, searching, and I was like, I don't really know how to do this Christian home thing. I mean, I think I got some of it down, but I don't, I don't know. But I found this hymn. I was in the prayer chapel at Fairhaven, and I found this hymn. And it really spoke to my heart. And so I just wanted to share with everybody this morning. So I'm just going to, I'm not going to sing because I don't have a clue how this goes. But I'm going to read it. And what I'm going to do in verse 3, I'm going to pause. And I'm going to ask you guys to close your eyes. And I'm going to pray this prayer of blessing of verse 3 over each of your homes this morning. Okay? So here we go. Oh, give us homes built firm upon the Savior, where Christ is head and counselor and guide, where every child is taught his love and favor and gives his heart to Christ the crucified. How sweet to know that though his footsteps waver, his faithful Lord to walking by his side. Oh, give us homes with godly fathers, mothers, who always place their hope and trust in him, whose tender patience turmoil never bothers, whose calm and courage trouble cannot dim, a home where each finds joy in serving others, and love still shines, though days be dark and grim. And I just want to pray this over each of your families, so if you just close your eyes. And just receive from the Lord here this morning. O Lord, our God, our homes are thine forever. We trust to thee their problems, toil, and care. Their bonds of love no enemy can sever. That's right, Lord, no bonds, the bonds of love no enemy can sever. If thou art always Lord and master there, be thou the center of our least endeavor. Be thou our guest, our hearts, and homes to share. All God's people said, amen. So leading our families. Number five, I'm almost done here. Love keeps no record of wrongs. I'm not really 
Not too bad with people like keeping records of their wrongs, but I'm really bad with myself. I'm really bad with keeping a record of all the stuff that I do wrong. I'm kind of like file it in the cabinet in my heart and leave it there until it just blow until I sneeze on people. That's kind of how I do things, and I don't want to do that. And the thing is, love keeps no record of wrongs. And, and I read this book called Tell Yourself the Truth. And here's what it said. It said, stop dwelling on negatives. Stop making lists of your failures. Stop saying hurtful words to yourself. Stop calling yourself names. Stop putting yourself down for being such a lousy Christian. Stop telling yourself you don't deserve any blessings from God. Stop piling on the guilt and the condemnation. You know, Jesus just taught me like, to forgive myself more. It's easy to like, forgive other people a lot of times, but it's harder to forgive me. It's harder to forgive myself of things that, that I have said I'm going to do and then I don't do it. It's harder for me to forgive myself when I have a promise made and I don't do it. It's hard for me to forgive myself when I do that. But Jesus, Jesus taught that we are to love others as our what? Ourselves. Do you love yourself? Do you love the person that God created? Now we have parts of us, obviously, that we're like, that's not lovable, God. Yeah. But we can argue that all day with him, and he goes, no, you're lovely, you're perfect, you're precious, you're holy, you are righteous in my sight because of my son Jesus. And so, remember, love keeps no record of wrongs. And number six that goes into this part about Jesus is come boldly to the throne. Come boldly to the throne. Put a capital T on the throne because there's only one on the throne. Amen? There's only one on the throne. There are other thrones. There are other kings. There are other rulers. There are other... Uh, principalities there are, but there is only one on the t- capital T throne. And that is our Father God, and that is at his right side, Jesus. And, and so Acts 4.12 says salvation, all of us need to be saved. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. We all must be saved. All of us must turn our lives over to God through Jesus. There is no other way. The wonderful, matchless grace of Jesus. How I was singing that song, and I just thought, wow, I was thinking about matchless. There's nothing in this world. There's no fun. There's no entertainment. I don't care how cool those Bud Light entertainment parties are. They do not match the grace of Jesus, even though they look really cool. If you do not find it in Jesus, you will not find it anywhere else. So spend your life searching in God's word. Spend your life with people who have it. Spend your life in church where it's alive and people know Jesus. Spend your life with people who know grace and have touched it. Spend your life with people who know God. Romans 10.8 through 10b says the word is near you listen to this the word is near you it's not far away it's not off some distant place it's in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith 
That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Remember, there's no other place to go. When you fail, when you mess up, when you feel like, man, I just, I'm just apart from this relationship of God that I'm longing to be in, there's no other place to go except the throne of grace. But so many of us, and I know I believe this about, about the throne of grace sometimes, that it's a throne of judgment. That uh, God's like sitting on his throne, sticking his finger, looking at me and going, yep, you know what you just did. He's got the pointer out. <laughs> you know what you just did. And I come, and it says that I come with confidence. And the reason I come with confidence to the throne, the reason is because Jesus has taken away the fear and the anxiety of coming to God. The reason why Jesus is the only way, because he's the only one that could take away the fear and anxiety of coming to God. That's why he's the only way. He's the only way for many other reasons, because he is God's son, because he's the second part of the Trinity, amen? So he's in there, but you come boldly to this throne because you know that you will find mercy, you will find help. He went through all the human stuff that we go through, and so he's there just waiting. So come boldly to the throne. It's hard sometimes to come to the throne, though, isn't it? I mean, we can talk about it. We're like, this, it's, it's hard. Because we know who we are. We look at ourselves and go, well, I'm not lovable, and this is what I did, and this is who I am, and this is, I can't go to the throne today. But it's never been about what you've done anyways. It's never been about what you're going to do. It's about him and what he has done. And so at this throne, we find grace, we find mercy in our time of need. And so I want to close with this. And as I was on sabbatical, a lot of days I would, I'm going to come down here and finish up. Is that okay? Hello. On sabbatical, a lot of times, I would have a lot of anxious thoughts in my mind and a lot of things that I couldn't get out or deal with. And so I remember one uh, day just reflecting, and I kept hearing this uh, in my mind. It said, you are anxious about many things, but only one thing matters. There's only one thing that you need. You're anxious about a lot of stuff. There's only one thing that matters. There's only one thing you need. And I kept going, I kept hearing that day after day, and I was like, am I going to actually follow this? Or, you know? And so I'm like, that's in the Bible somewhere. So I went on Google. Google's really good, by the way. If you don't, if you don't know where something is in the Bible, click on Google. It's going to help you out here. It's really simple. I know Google's worldly, but click on Google, type in whatever you're thinking about, and then put Bible verse after it. It'll connect you to the verse that you're looking for. So I'm serious. It works every time. So I click on Google, click it, find this verse, and it's, it's, it's my favorite, favorite verse. Not really. It's about Mary and Martha, and you know the story. Uh, Martha's working, and she's distracted, and she's anxious about a lot of stuff. She's anxious about Jesus. Does he like my hot dog rolls? And, you know, like, that's what we do, though. We go to Jesus and be like, does he like what I've been doing? Does he... Uh, you know, that's what we do. As a, as a, we're human, right? That's what we do. We're just like, does he like what I'm doing? Does he like me? You know, does he, 
Is he still calling me to do this because I messed it up a few times? You know? Like, I could have been better at this. I could have been better with that family. I could have, whatever. And we, we come and we're just distracted by so many things. And, and, and Mary's just there. And Mary is there. And she's just like this. You know, it's like us watching TVs. We have a joke that, are, that we look like zombies when we're watching TV. Like our kids are like, you look like a zombie when you're watching TV. Like, and so that's, but that's the focus. Mary's just sitting there. And she's listening, and she's sitting at his feet, and she's learning, and she's growing. And, and what matters is not the hot dog rolls or the soda that's coming out or whether people like your couch. What matters is that you're present with them. What matters is that she was present with Jesus. Jesus wasn't sitting there going, I know all the stuff that you've done. No, he was teaching her. That's what we do. We go to Jesus. He teaches us. He goes, I'm not thinking about the stuff you did. Be quiet. Let your heart be at rest. Be at peace. I've already dealt with the sin issue in your life. I've dealt with it. Just come into my presence. Open up the door to me, and I will do what you need. Stop worrying about it. Stop stressing about coming to me. Stop even thinking about what I'm going to say to you, because I will say to you what needs to be said. I will do in your life what needs to be done. I am in control of this world. Don't forget that I have redeemed you. I, you are my child. Come just expecting to hear. Because sometimes I like to play God before I even get there. I'm like, oh, he's going to say something to me like, you should have known better. You know, you, well, you could have treated that person way better than that. Sometimes when I go, sometimes he just goes, you're just having a bad day. Could you just rest in me? Would you stop trying to like be this and just rest in me? Would you stop trying to do Christianity? Would you stop trying to do church? Would you stop trying to do a pastor and just be with me? Would you stop trying to be the person those people look up to and just be with me? What do you need all that anyways? So I just say, if you're tired from ministry, if you feel burdened by ministry, just come. Just rest. If you feel burdened by the troubles in your family, just rest. Knowing that he's going to give you what you need. Let's pray this morning together. Thank you for allowing me to share. God, I thank you for your great grace. We come to your throne of grace, not your throne of judgment this morning. Some of us come not even knowing how to respond to you, yet we're feeling you in our heart right now. We're feeling you touch us in ways that we have never been touched before. We don't even know what to do with it. But all we need to do is say, I'm done with my old life. I'm done with the way I lived. All I need to do is come. And say, I want Jesus. I want the one who's on the throne. I want the one who's on the T throne, the capital T throne. I want the one who can fix my life that I've made a mess out of. And I want the one who can bring my life back to where it was because somebody took my life along the way. I want the one who can give me the life that I really long for. I want the one who can use me for kingdom purposes. 
I want the one who can give my home the fresh spirit, the fresh start it needs. I want the one who can save my husband. I want the one who can save my grandparents. I want the one who can change my life, my family's life, my generations and my family forever and ever, that they will never be the same because you touched a life along the way, Jesus. That's the one that I want. That's the one I'm looking for this morning. That's the one that Bethany Church looks for. We love you. Now we just rest. We just sit at your feet right now because you love us and you're taking us to that place in you to realize that there's nothing we need to do. We're just here, here for you and your glory alone. We love you so much. Thank you for hearing us this morning. Amen. I invite you back next week to come and hear from uh, Rich Larson. He does, uh, he's the one that got us going on our uh, local mission week about five years ago. And uh, I invite you to hear him next week. And uh, I invite you to go back into Connection Cafe and connect to people and rest with them in the goodness of God. Thanks for coming. I love each of you. If you want to know any books that I've read or anything that I, other stuff, please call me and I'll sit down with you and we'll talk. I love each of you. I just want you to know Jesus and keep experiencing him in your life. Amen. We'll see you next time.